Good morning, church. How many is excited for the word? All right. This is a part three of blessed to be or not to be. So we're talking about being blessed. And last week we took a a break from the series uh, for Mother's Day. And and my beautiful wife, who is not right there right now at this moment. Guys, you can turn me down just a little bit. But uh, she talked about choosing. And I choose. If you missed that message, be sure and... Uh, get online at churchpluggedin.com. Take a listen to that. I believe it'll bless you. Uh, and we have there's a there's a sheet that we passed it passed out, and I believe it's on the website as well for download. And it's a little resource that you can have and use. And how many like that sheet you got last week? You, you know that's a good resource. Excellent, excellent. So uh, be sure and get that if you if you didn't get it. So. All right, let's go ahead and let's dive into part three. But first, can we just pray one more time? Father God, we just thank you for this morning. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your goodness. And Lord, I think that we can open up our hearts to receive from you this morning what you have for us, what you have to say to us. And Lord, I think that all distractions are gone right now in the name of Jesus. I thank you that we can focus on you here to receive from you. Lord, in Jesus' name, I thank you that we are blessed. We're blessed in you, and we can get through anything that comes our way in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, the word blessed, as it means in the Scripture, can mean several different things when you look at it, depending on which verse you're looking at. It can mean, you know, for example, to bless, kneel, to praise, salute. There's a Scripture in Psalm that says, Blessed be God. Well, you could pretty much you could put praise be God right there. So you have to look at the Hebrew or look at the Greek on this word blessed. And what we're focusing on is the word blessed, makarios, which means happy, happy. So let's, uh, you you know, when we when we look at this, I I know when I saw that word and it it meant happy. And I realized that that, that's what this I want to be happy. I think all of us, if I could say, you know, who wants to be happy? We would all raise our hand. We would all everybody wants to be happy. And I'm going to say that you can be happy. But happiness is defined in the Bible, it's independent from our circumstances. It's not reliant on our circumstances. You know, most people would think, and when you ask them, well, are you happy? And they say, well, not really today. Or they may say, well, yeah, I'm, I'm generally, I'm happy. But, you know, happiness to, to most would depend on, well, if things are going good, I'm happy. If things are not going so good then I'm not happy. So it's all about our circumstance or what's going on. Well, I'd be really happy if my boss would just give me a raise, you know. <laughs> then I'd really be happy. Or, you know, I'd be real happy. And for me right now, after I did my lawn last night, I'd be real happy if all the weeds just disappeared. <laughs> you know, I, if there was one of those things where you could just pray and, there, you know, like a miracle could take place. And all the weeds could come out of the garden. I'd be happy. I'd be happy. So if you have that anointing, you can come to my house. And I'm talking about that anointing that does that. No, I'm, I'm kidding. But, I, you know, I'd love to just, you know, snap my fingers and all the weeds would just be gone. That would make me happy. But happiness is not material. It's not inherited. And true happiness is to enjoy the present Without depending on the future change of circumstances. Without depending on the future change of circumstances. And i got another statement for you this morning. I've said many times that 
uh, courage is not the absence of fear, but it is the conquering of it. I've got one that's a little similar to that about this being, you know, blessed and happy. True biblical happiness is not the absence of problems, it's the ability to deal with them. It's the ability to deal with them. And I think that really sums up in the scripture with this word happy. Because this word, you know, makarios, it, it's happy, but it also means to be envied. To be envied. See, when you've got problems coming your way, and you know how to deal with those problems, other people will be looking at you going, how in the world are you able to just deal with it the way that you're dealing with this circumstance or this problem? In other words, they're going to envy that. They're going to... So, this word blessed also means to be envied. And this is a good, you know, it's, a, it's good when someone's looking at you and they say, man, that is just great that you're able to go through that. You, you know, that's a good thing because that means you're doing something right. That means you're in the Word. That means you're relying on the Word of God. That means you're relying on Him as you go through life's situations, life's circumstances, trials, or tribulations. So this morning, I want to go over ten things happy people don't believe. Now, we're not going to get all ten. We're going to get five this week. We're going to do five next week. So, ten things that happy people don't believe. So we're going to do five, and the first one is, life is fair. Life is fair. How many know that's just true? That, it, it's, it, that you know, if you want to be happy, you can't believe that life is fair. This is 10 things happy people don't believe. Not what they believe, what they don't believe. They don't believe life is fair. Now, growing up when I was a child, I used to think everything was supposed to be fair. And my sister and I, you know, everything had to be split up just right. Because if she got a little more ice cream than me, I was upset. If she got a little more of this, than I, I, I wasn't happy. I was like, Mom, it's not fair, right? How many of you parents have heard that one before, right? It's not fair. And so, you know, with my children, what I say is, that's too bad because life is not fair. We're putting that in early because... <laughs> so we just, just get it into you early because life's not fair. And I think we all know that and we understand that life isn't fair, but yet so many times I think that we act like life should be fair, don't we? We think that there's so many things and, and we just, sometimes we look up and we just, sometimes we look to God and we're, why God? Why? Because we want life to be fair when life isn't going our way. And the thing is, is what happy people know is that you can only do your best and let go of what doesn't work. Let go of the mistakes. Don't hold on to them. Let go of the, the, the bad things that are happening at the moment, you know, just, just don't even dwell on them. Lay them at the feet of Jesus. Lay them at His feet. Put that burden on Him and allow Him to see you through. In Philippians 4, 4, we read this verse uh, a couple weeks ago. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. And I think it's a really good verse with this principle here of saying that life you know, is not fair because this word rejoice means to thrive. It literally means to thrive. And God wants us to thrive. He wants us to always thrive. So we could say it like this. Thrive in the Lord always. Again, I say thrive. In other words, stop surviving and thrive. Thrive in this life. Don't try to just get by or survive. 
take this, these circumstances, these trials by the horn, and thrive. And in Philippians chapter 4, verse 11, if you look down you know, a few more verses here, we learn something else that Paul's talking to the church. And he says, I've learned to be content in whatever circumstances I am. I know how to get along with humble means and also know how to live in prosperity. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of being filled and going hungry, both of having abundance and suffering need. Now, this is real important. Now, this word content, I underline it because content in the Greek means this, sufficient for one's self, strong enough or possessing enough to need no aid or support. Now, that, I, I found this a really strange thing when I looked up this word and I thought, wow, you know, Lord, what is this that, that, that you're meaning? What is this that you're saying? And I started thinking, I said, well, Lord, does that mean we don't need you for support? You know, when we're going through this, we don't need aid from you. We don't, you know, and that's not what he's saying. What he's saying is be who you are supposed to be because see, he's given you all things that pertain to life and godliness and you have all the authority that you need to put all things under your feet and to look at every circumstance and say, the Lord is going to see me through any storm. Amen. Amen. That's what the Lord spoke to me about this. That, you know, I've got what I need. I don't need to be like the child like I was when I grew up and say, it's not fair. And, you know, complain about it or whatever it may be. I can learn to be content. Content with what? With God's word, with God, with what he has given me. See, the key to contentment is realizing that God has given you in your present circumstances everything that you need to remain victorious. Everything that you need. He says, you are the head, you are not the tail. You are more than a conqueror and all things are under your feet. In 2 Corinthians 2 verse 14, it says, but thanks be to God who always, somebody say always. always. He always leads us in triumph. He always leads us in triumph in Christ. You know, it's through Him, but we always come out ahead. If Christ is for us, who can be against us? And so when we're looking and we're going through, and, and we have that thought, why? Why does this have to be happening to me? You know, or why is this like this? We can say, you know what? Life just, it, it isn't fair, but greater is He that's in me than He that's in this world, and I can conquer anything that is coming my way. I can stay above the fray. I don't have to get down in the dumps. I can stay above. Amen? Amen. Number two, the second thing that happy people do not believe, that blessed people do not believe, is that all suffering is bad. And, and you know, this is a, a really hard one. But, I, you know, Paul, again, he talks a lot about his sufferings and the trials and the things that that he's gone through. And, and the thing is, is that suffering is an invitable condition of humanity. You know, you can't, you can't go through this world without some suffering. There's going to be suffering. But blessed people know a deeper level of happiness that comes from surviving a deep pain or a deep hurt. They know a different, they can go to another level. Happy people can go to a different level. Blessed people, people who are in God's Word and understand what it means. When they've survived through 
a suffering, when they've survived through a pain, they come out to a different level. And that's why when you see some of those that have gone on that different level, they're walking around and their head's not down, their head's up and there's a smile on their face. And, there's a, and you're wondering why. It's because they understand and they know and they understand how to deal with suffering and how to move through it to the other side. And, and, you know, I used to wonder sometimes, you know, how am I supposed to put a grin on my face? My mom used to, when growing up, I, I used to, I was all about my happiness all depending on my circumstance. It all depended on what was going on. And I, and I remember when I was really, really little, you know, I would stick my lip out when I wasn't happy. Oh, man, that lip was so big. I got small lips, but... You know, I could get it big when I wasn't happy. It was, mm, it was way out there. And my mom would be, what are, you, what, are you, what are you doing with this lip? Smile, stick your lip back in. And then when I would get really shocked, I remember this. You know, my grandma used to tell me when I would get shocked and I would go, and I just couldn't believe what was happening. And my shoulders were done. I would go, ah. Oh. You know, I'd do that, ah. Oh. And my grandmother would be like, man, close your mouth. The fly is going to fly in. I, I just thought she was silly. But what she was saying, you should, what she was saying to me, you should see yourself in the mirror how you look. And sometimes, you know, I started looking at how, you know, she said, my mom would say, you should see how, you're, how you look with that, that lip sticking out because you're not looking too good right now. That's pretty ugly looking, son. Go look. I want you to see. I go in and look. And I got this big lip sticking out. I'm like, she's right. I ain't looking too good. So as I got older, I realized I, I don't need to be sticking my lip out. I don't need to stick my lip out. And sometimes when what we're doing is like, well, well, TJ, why are you telling me this? I don't stick my lip out. I don't go uh, and hold my mouth open. But so many times we do things and it's the same thing as sticking the lip out. We've just replaced it with something else. We just replaced it with something. We, we've replaced it with that complaint, right? We've complained, you know, we, we, we replace it with that whole question, why? You know, we'll replace it. And, and, that's, and God's saying, he's looking at it and saying, your lip's out, suck it back in. Your lip's out, get it back in. And so, we're to be victorious through suffering. In Romans 3, verses 3 through 5, it says, in, uh, and Paul said, And not only this, but we also exalt in our tribulations, knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance, and perseverance proven character, and proven character hope. And hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who who was given to us. And see, that's the thing. That person that I told you, they're going through something, but their head's held high and there's a smile on their face because they've obtained hope. And hope does not disappoint. Hope does so. A happy person, a blessed person has hope. And hope is taking over. Hope is taking place. This word exalt, if we go back and look at Verse 3, and not only is we also exalt in our tribulations. And I looked up this, this word exalt. It says to glory with or without reason. To glory with or without a reason. It doesn't even matter. You can see the circumstance and the tribulation can look so bad. And you say, I have no reason to suck my lip back in right now. I have no reason to be happy. I have no reason to smile. But Paul's saying, hey, even through it, smile anyways with that big joker grin. And just be ready. Ready. Because what's going to happen? 
When we, when we learn and we see this here in this scripture, when we learn how to just really glory, no, no matter what's happening, whatever's going on, this word tribulations, it's like a pressing together is what it means. Uh, a pressure, an affliction, a distress. And imagine like, you know, a press. You ever seen, you know, one of those uh, presses where it squeezes all the juice out of a fruit? And sometimes, how many of you know you've gone through something that feels like you're being squeezed like a fruit? And all the juices, I mean, you're just being squeezed from all sides. You don't know, you, you just feel like life is about to end. You don't know what you're going to do because it's so bad. And God says, exalt even in the pressing. Exalt even in the thing that's pressing you around. Exalt, lift your head up and have hope and have hope. Suffering is going to take place. It's going to happen. But we can be victorious in verse uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7-9 through 9, it says, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, so that the surpassing greatness of the power will be of God and not from ourselves. We are not afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not despairing, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed. I am blessed beyond the curse for His promise. Some of those words in that song, I'm trading my sorrows... For the joy of the Lord. I'm choosing because I'm not these things. I'm above these things. I'm exalting through it. Coming out with hope. Amen. I want to read to you in the study section of this. This is the Full Life Study Bible. It's the King James Version. And I want to read to you a note here about these scriptures. Where it talks about the earthen vessel. This is the this treasure in earthen vessels. Here's what it means. A Christian is an earthen vessel who at times experiences sadness, tears, afflictions, perplexities, weakness, and fears. Yet because of the heavenly treasure within him, he is not defeated. How many can say amen to that? Christianity is not the removal of weakness, nor is it, the mer- it, it is uh, merely the manifestation of divine power. Rather, it is the manifestation of divine power through human weakness. This means that, number one, in every affliction, we may be more than conquerors by the power and love of God. And number two, that our weakness, troubles, and suffering opens us up to the abundant grace of Christ and allow the life of Jesus to be manifested in our body. It's simply an opportunity for God's grace to come in, which God's grace is the divine intervention on the heart. He wants to come and work and move in your life. All we have to do is receive His abundant grace. Amen? That's what it means. This treasure in these earthen vessels, you and I, were these earthen vessels. That's the treasure that we have inside of us. That's how we're to live. And you know, you, you might be asking, well, why did God create a world without suffering? Now, Listen, we could, do a, we could do a whole message on why there's suffering in the world. We could take a whole message. But I'll tell you this, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 31, after God had created everything, He looked at it all and He said, it was what? Good. In other words, He did create a world. He did create a place without suffering. It's because of our sin, our disobedience. And again, that's another whole message, but I just want to put that out there because there's a lot of people who are questioning and would say that. Well, why did God have to create this world with suffering? He didn't create it with suffering. He looked and it was what? Good. It was good. And let me tell you also as well that suffering, it's not all for nothing. There is a reward. 
In chapter 4, we look a few more verses down in verse 17. It says, For momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory far above all comparison, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So we have a reward as we go through that suffering, relying on Jesus, grabbing hold of that hope. Amen? So the first one was the thing that, you know, happy people don't believe. They don't believe life is fair. They don't believe all suffering bad. And the third one is, is I'm in control of everything. I'm in control of everything. And this one's important because as hard as we work, as much as you try to plan it all out, you're just not in control of everything, especially the actions of others. You know, we can't help. You know, I I remember... Driving, I think I was 17 years old. It's the one and only accident I've ever had. And I remember driving on Smoketown Road in the residential area over here in Woodbridge. And uh, I'm on this road, and light rain just started falling. Now, I need to get to work. I'm, you know, waiting tables, and I, I need to go. And uh, it was that bumper-to-bumper time, you know. There's so much traffic out. And, and the rain is just starting to come down. So how many know that that's the slickest time on the road? Well, we were going down one of the hills, coming down. And the person uh, in front of me, I did not see them stop because I glanced down for one second for that radio. One second. And looked up. They were at a dead stop. I hit my brakes. And my bumper slid under his and just crunched my nice little... Corolla car up that I liked, even though it was older, but I didn't care because it was mine. Um, so what had happened was the person in front of that person had, you know, hit the brakes and turned without a blinker, and so that person had to stop all of a sudden, and then I, of course, you know, it was my fault, so that's just the way it is. And I just, even though I hit the brake, I just slid, and I'm only going, you know, 25 miles an hour, and you would think that there wouldn't be that much damage. But, oh man, we had to fix all this stuff. But I was not in control, even though when I first saw the brake lights in front of me, I thought I was in control. When I hit the brake, I thought, okay, I hit the brakes, we're going to be good. Wait a minute, I'm not stopping. Bam! I'm not in control. I thought I was, but I really wasn't. The road took over. And if it had been dry and there was no rain, I'd have stopped plenty of time. But those oils on that ground and the water that had mixed with it, it just started bringing us, and it was so slick, I had no control. Even though I thought I did. And I know in life there's many times where I thought I was in control. I thought I knew what was going on. I thought I knew what was going on with that other person. I thought I knew what was happening, but I really didn't. Because I can't control what they may do. I couldn't control the slickness of the road that day. There's so many things that we go through, and we're not in control. As hard as we we want to be, we're not totally in control. Now, there's many things that we are in control of, but there's many that we're not. And this is why happy people accept the truth that they're not in control of everything. And they learn to be proactive. 
to life's surprises, not reactive. Just like we talked about last week with Pastor Karen, she was talking about choosing. We have to choose to act on the Word of God, not react in our flesh. So we act on the Word of God and walk in the Spirit. We don't react and walk in the flesh. See, the enemy wants to get a reaction out of you, but God says, no, don't react, act on my word. Act on my word. That's what the word's saying. That's what the Lord's saying. We've got to choose to be active. In Proverbs 19.21, it says, Many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. And then in 16.9, it says, The mind of man plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. The Lord is to direct our steps. You know, there's many times where I've thought, oh, I'm supposed to do this, I'm going to do this, and the Lord just said, no, you're not. And He just showed me real quick. And one thing you don't want is the Lord showing you real quick that you shouldn't be doing something. You want to talk to Him first. You want Him directing your steps. I want Him directing my steps I don't want to be in control of everything. The fourth thing that happy people do not believe is, I can't. I can't. Someone who's blessed doesn't believe, I can't. Now, what do I mean when I say, I can't? You know, I I can tell you right now, I cannot lift 500 pounds. I can just tell you, I'm not that strong. I'm actually kind of scrawny. I can't do that kind of lifting. Don't call me to help you move. I'm not that good at it. I'm not real strong with it. I'll I'll tuck her out in 20 minutes. So is it wrong for me to say, I can't lift that? No, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about saying, I can't. Meaning, I'm doubting that I can get through the tough circumstances and trials. Meaning that, you know, when we say, I can't, I'm allowing tribulations to dictate and to keep me from moving forward with God's will for our life. I can't, meaning I'm allowing the enemy to take hold or the circumstance to dictate rather than me being the conqueror, saying, well, I just can't because it's just, it's just too hard. I can't get through that circumstance. In Philippians 4 verse 13 We read, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Now, many times we quote this verse and we misquote it. Because sometimes we use it a little out of context every now and then. You know, the word, this scripture here, you know, I can do all things through Christ doesn't mean you're going to get every job, you're going to get an A on every test, and that you're going to leap tall buildings with a single bound. Dun, da, 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 dun, da, dun, da, da, You know, it's just not happening. I'm wanting to fly right now, I'm thinking, but I, I cannot do it. And you know what? You're not going to get an A if you don't study. Isn't that right, Tara? <laughs> She's like, that's right. She knows. She's got a way better grade point average than I did. <laughs> You've got to study. There's these things you've got to do. Now we can ask the Lord, Lord, bring these things to my mind, you know, that I've studied and that I've, you know, bring, you know help me. You can, we can ask for But I, I can't do all things through Christ in that sense of just, I can do anything without putting in the work for it. Or without being disciplined for it. So what did Paul mean here? The answer's in those verses that we read before. Let's look at verse 12 again. And 13. I know how to get along with humble means... And I also know how to live in prosperity 
In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret, somebody say secret, of being filled and going hungry, both of having, having abundance and suffering need. Then we see, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. What this is, verse 13, is Paul's secret for being content in all situations. That's it. Some of you, man, the light bulbs just, just started coming on. Some of us, you know, and sometimes we use, I've done it. Lord knows I've done it. But this really means, when it says, I can do all things through Christ, is that you can be content in every situation, that you can get through every circumstance and trial, leaning on Jesus. Leaning on Him. Do everything through Jesus and you can be content in everything. It isn't about what you accomplish. It is about how you do whatever you do. Amen? So happy people don't believe I can't. The final one is that blessed people do not believe is I'm too old. I'm too old. Now I knew I was in my... I remember I was... 22, 23, and I was doing youth ministry. We had youth group. I'm sitting there, I'm teaching you know, the kids, and afterwards we had a little fellowship time. And there was a 13-year-old, she was there, and she said, uh, and, and I, I was laughing at one of her jokes, too. you're not supposed to know that, that, what that means, you're old. I said, excuse me, I'm like 22. What are you talking about? Old? I'm not old. I'm only nine years old. That's old. That's old, she said. You know, you're always, and let me, let me just tell you something. You're always going to be too old for somebody or too young for somebody. I, that, that's just the truth. I've lived my whole life that way. I'm, I'm too old for somebody, but I'm too young for somebody else. In, in the eyes of everybody. The thing is, you're not too young. You're not too old. You're definitely not too old. If you're in here and you've thought, well, I can't do this anymore. You, you know, well, maybe there's some things you can't do. But you're not too old to get through a circumstance or a trial. God can see you through all of it. Blessed people keep choosing happiness every day. Whether they felt it early on or discovered the secret later in life, it's their choice. It's our choice. Life is unpredictable. But one thing's for sure, every day we get a little bit older each day, we're one day older. So don't let aging keep you from happiness. Don't say, oh, it's too late for me. It's never too late for you to be happy. Church, can I get an amen on that? Yeah. In Job chapter 12, verse 12, it says, Wisdom is with aged men, with long life is understanding. Can we all stand? There's so much more that could be said, especially when we, you know, we, we talked about life not being fair and that all suffering's not necessarily bad and that we're not in control of everything and we need to stop saying the words, I can't, that we, we, we will be able to make it through. And if you're here, if you're saying, I'm too old, I'm here to tell you, you're not. You're not too old. My hope is that these five things, that you'd be able to look at them, look at the scriptures, 
And then this week in our small groups, we're going to be digging into some other scriptures and looking a little deeper, one or two others, and, and it's going to be some good discussions on, on this. So I just want to invite you to the small groups. There's one tonight, one on Wednesday night at my house, and uh, you know it's a good time of fellowship. And also just to go a little deeper, we always have a you know, time of fellowship and on Friday night uh, in Stafford. So, you know, again, uh, be sure and, and get in one of those and go a little further. But, church, I believe that God wants each and every one of you to be blessed. And I, he wants me to be blessed. He wants us to live a blessed life. Despite what may come our way, despite whatever circumstance may come. And next week, be sure and be here next Sunday morning. We're going to do the next five, and the next five have a lot to do with relationships and uh, some, of, some of those there, and we'll be talking about that a little bit because, uh, you know, we, we need to be able to, to be happy despite people. <laughs> Sometimes they, I've heard somebody say, I could just be happy if it wasn't for my family, you know, <laughs> if it wasn't for my mother-in-law or my father-in-law or my, you know, what, you know, hey, we can be happy despite Despite all of that, we can be happy no matter what. We can be blessed. God wants you blessed. This morning, I want us to pray. I want us to pray and pray that, you know, no matter what's happening and what we're going through, that God can, number one, He can see you through. But not only that, that you'd be able to thrive. That you wouldn't just survive, but you'd be able to thrive that you'd be able to conquer anything that's come your way. So I want us to agree together and to pray. And as also, as as we pray, I want you to think of others as well. Others that you know that, man, you know, so-and-so, I wish they could have heard this, or I wish they could, you know, because they're not happy. They're not living a happy life. How many of you know somebody right now, a name's in your head, you, you can see their face. There's somebody, they're just, they're not happy. How many of you could say, I know somebody who's not happy. I want us to pray for them. And as God may lead you, you, you know, God may use you to, to, to talk to them or, or share some of these principles or whatever it may be, you know, to encourage them, to lift them up, to bring them up. So let's pray for them as well. So those that will, if you're here and you're like, man, I need some help with some of this. I need to be happier. Let's lift our hands. If that's you, let's just lift your hand and let's just agree together and let's pray because I need to have a better mindset, a mindset that's thriving on the Word of God. Father God, right now, Lord, we thank You for Your Word. Lord, we thank You. It never returns void. You are the one who gives life. You said that we are the head and not the tail. You said that we can be blessed as long as we're looking at the conditions in Your Word and we're fulfilling those conditions and those commandments and we're looking at those and we're saying, Lord, we put it all at Your feet right now. Every circumstance, every trial, just put it on His feet right now, church. Just name it out to the Lord right now, Father God. We just give You our jobs. We give You our family members. We give You those relationships. We give You every trial every circumstance, every situation that we're going through. And Lord, I thank you that we can come out victorious. I thank you for your grace, that divine intervention on each and every heart here with their hands raised right now, Father God. Giving that grace to each one in Jesus' name. And I thank you for a hope rising up 
in Jesus' name. Lord, there are things we do not understand. There are things we don't understand, but Lord, you know and you understand. So we look to you, Father God, as we press into you for the answers. I thank you that you are the one that gives us the strength. Lord, I thank you for blessing each one here. Those, Lord, that we need that uh, I just lift up some family members that I know that, that need this, Lord. I thank you for blessing them, Lord, and encouraging them and giving them strength, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that you would use us to minister to those that need this message, that need to walk in your word, that need to be able to conquer the circumstances they're in. I thank you, Lord. Hallelujah for opening up the doors, being able to speak for ministry right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 Lord, I thank you for healing up every single hurt. Lord, there's been some suffering and we know that there's been hurts. There's been times where people said things and done things and it's hurt. Lord, I thank you for healing hurts right now. Lord, replacing that hurt with your love in Jesus' name. I thank you for healing up on the inside. Lord, we just give you glory. We give you praise. We give you honor. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Can we give the Lord a hand? Amen.